and welcome back to the FAAA podcast, coming to you from the the FAAA uh, in Adelaide, the uh, the conference that we're having here, the congress that we're having here, and I appreciate you joining us today. Uh, now, I've got Michelle Cull with me. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you, Fraser. It's great to be here. Fantastic to have you along. Now, do you want to give the listeners a quick overview of you and what you do at the moment? Yes, um, so I am an Associate Professor at Western Sydney University in the School of Business and I teach and research in the area of mainly financial planning, um, financial literacy, financial wellbeing. Wow, and that's ex- oh, I love those subjects, it felt well done. And let's give a, go back a little bit though because your background uh, was in accounting? That's right, yes. So uh, my first degree was a Bachelor of Commerce in Accounting. I was an accounting cadet. Uh, my first job was in an aerospace business, top 100, and uh, that's where I learned so much of even what I apply today. Even though I'm now researching in financial planning, I learned a lot about human behaviour. I worked in change management, uh, but I also did a lot of you know, financial statement analysis, variance analysis, and one thing that I absolutely loved that I had told my parents was what I wanted to do when I left school was working out how much it cost to build an aircraft or to overhaul an aircraft engine. I was very interested in that. Fantastic. So that's sort of where I've come from. And I also spent some time working in a chemical company uh, and and another company after that, all um, top 100 Wonderful. Businesses. And uh, and your students, they're studying uh, accounting or and or advice? Yes. So at our university, we have a Bachelor of Business Accounting and we also have a Bachelor of Accounting. So the Bachelor of Business Accounting is um, a major in our Bachelor of Business, so students all have the same common first year. Say so they might be a marketing student for the first year, they might then study and they all have to do a first year accounting subject, which I have also taught. So um, what I may be doing is trying to make it very fun for them and show them the relevance of accounting at that stage and they may then choose to study accounting as their major so they can change from one major to the other. The Bachelor of Accounting is for those students who know they want to study accounting or financial planning. Yep. So what we've done with the Bachelor of Accounting, we have the financial planning major and a taxation major. And students who do the financial planning and tax double major have the full accreditation of all of the accounting bodies as well as the legislative requirement yep. to become a financial planner now and now the TPB requirements. Correct, correct. Yes. Now we're hungry for new advisors in in the profession, within the financial advice profession and, and so you're bringing, you're also making the financial advice area fun I hope? Yes, of course we are, of course. So that's what I teach a lot in now but you know it's it's a bit of a, I suppose it could be seen as a bit of a conflict because I, at, at one I'm an FCPA and I've spent a lot of time in accounting personally but then I did my PhD in financial planning and I'm researching in financial planning and I've always had an interest in that space but I don't it sounds like it could be a conflict but you know both professions need more graduates at the moment both have um, excess demand so there's plenty of room for everybody I think um, for for school, school students to think about going into that area at least if they study Bachelor of Accounting they're getting that taste of the financial planning as well, and then they can make a decision yeah, at the fantastic. end of the day what they want to do. So it's a good way, I think, to market it to particularly their parents who want to know that their their child is going to get a job. So I'm like, well, it's if they an, do the Bachelor of an, Accounting, they'll get a job. It's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Because I think, uh, and I've spoken to lecturers before about this, they say that, you know, they, they, 
students might be interested in, in advice, but then they go away on holidays, talk to their parents, they come back and say, no, my parents have said right. I've got to go with accounting. So their parents are part of the win over. Absolutely. Particularly at the beginning, I think once we get towards the end of the degree, which is where they're doing those electives, those financial planning subjects, uh, we can definitely show them a little bit more about what financial advice is about on the on that human relationship side. And, yep. and the way I see it too, the students are learning something for themselves. The numbers of students when we're teaching like retirement and succession planning, you know, students are thinking, oh, this isn't relevant for me. You know, this is what old people need to know. It's not what I need to know. And that here they are studying the subject. But then when you make it relevant to the students, they realise how important it is. Just asking them a simple question, do they know how their superannuation is invested? And, and this is going to be the topic of our conversation today, the, the, the demonstration of understanding of knowing those things and being motivated by some of the conversations. Um, you mentioned to me earlier that you have, uh, you've brought in advisors, financial advisors, and, and uh, one that you did a presentation with today about uh, into your course. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. So um, if I talk about the retirement and succession planning subject, for example, there is so much technical content that we need to cover. And... Uh, you know, because students are often, and we do have mature age students as well, but often they're very far removed from thinking about those sorts of things and from the real world they might be, you know, might have a small part-time job, but uh, they, they don't really understand what financial advice is about, although we, we try to explain that to them. But you've got that basic level of understanding. Once you have somebody who is a financial advisor come into the classroom and apply what the students have been learning to an actual case. They can talk about instances that they've had. It's not just the lecturer telling them that this could happen. They're actually yep. hearing for real that it's happened and they see the passion that those advisors bring. So Shane, who presented with me today, was just amazing when she came in to, to speak to the students. The students had a lot of questions for her. She was able to answer them and after just her coming in to speak to the class, the number of students that said, I, I really want to be a financial planner now because they could see the application of that. Uh, so, yes, very important and important to get a variety of advisors in because, of course, advisors have different clientele and different specialties. So we've had um, somebody in who specialises in aged care advice, for example, something that students, once again, often don't realise uh, that is so important and so complex as well. So yes, it's been it's been great, and even the mature age students who think they know everything realise they actually don't. The <laughs> thing everyone thinks they know everything. It's all right. Um, so f- fantastic, and so you did a presentation today with Shane, uh, and so do you want to tell us a little bit about that presentation? What the topic was? Yes. So what we did, we tried to sort of mix our skills together and uh, use Bloom's taxonomy, which is uh, a model for uh, a model of I suppose an education theory to to help guide us when we're looking at how we ensure the students actually have learnt something. So there's like a, a we we have a visual picture of a pyramid and um, we have like six levels. So this is called Bloom's taxonomy that we're applying here. And we actually started off with the learning objective. So a lot of advisors who may be listening today have been doing their CPD and to get CPD points we need to be able to demonstrate that they've learnt something. And writing those learning objectives actually has a skill. And as an educator, we use Bloom's Taxonomy to help us with that. So we actually use action words as part of the learning objectives. And um, it starts at a very basic level, which is understand. That's the base level. And I'm not going to give you the whole talk that we gave today. That's all right. Can you give me an example of what that like learning objective with action words? Okay, so... Um, 
It might be, if, we, if we're looking at understand, it could be understand that there's different investment strategies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. By the end of this and presentation so, or by the end of this, you will be able right. to understand that there is. Yeah. That's it. And then we go to the next level. Oh, sorry, the first one. I've, I've actually skipped one. I've gone straight to the second one. We had a question about that. The first one is remember before you understand. So remember is the rote learning. So it might be like times tables, remembering your times tables. And then understand is understanding that um, five times five it isn't just 25, but it's like five groups of five, yep. say, for example. Yep. And then we move up the ladder. So then we have apply and then analyse and then evaluate and create. So create is at the top of the pyramid and it doesn't mean that all, all clients need to be able to create their own strategy. But it helps, uh, I suppose, what, what, what we were uh, showing the, the audience today and hoping they would understand <laughs> and be able to apply uh, is that you can use Bloom's Taxonomy as a tool when you're communicating with your clients to ensure that they don't just remember what you're saying but they understand it. And, of course, that's linked to the Code of Ethics. Absolutely, and we're going to get to that. So the demonstration of understanding piece is, is slightly different for everybody but what you're saying is you're using a clear structure that you would normally use in a learning model um, as a way that adults and clients can understand and, and then show you that they will demonstrate that they understand the advice that you're giving. That's right. And so before you meet with a client, I suppose an advisor has a bit of a plan of attack and what do they want to achieve at the end of their, their meeting with the client. And that could be having some learning objectives. And it doesn't have to be so explicit to the, student, to the client. We don't want, want to feel like they're being tested but you can create the conversation in a way that you're asking the questions enough so that you know, yes, they, they do actually understand what you're talking about or they are able to apply it in another context, for Yeah, so, so getting your mind around the structure and then just uh, leading the clients through a series of questions to, to work out whether they understand. That's right. And just thinking about that model can just, uh, I suppose, help an advisor as they're meeting with the client, knowing that this is something that they need to do but also to document. So it could eat, I mean, a practice could come up with their own model using Bloom's taxonomy. Sort of a, not as, so I don't like to use the word checklist, but just uh, something to refer to. Yeah, framework. And a framework, exactly. Yeah. And that's what it is. But also, um, although we're looking for the client to be able to understand what's being presented, uh, depending on the level that they are on the pyramid and how complex the investment strategy is, a more sophisticated client, of course, you would be expected to ensure that they, they have a higher level of understanding. So as we, we work from a surface level understanding, we work all the way up to a very high level, deeper level of understanding. And that, of course, can all be included in the file notes. Yeah, and it, it could be the, the client's no, not the client experience, but the client's experience in the in investing, for example, right. whereas they might be at level two or three and then after a couple of years of being a client, they might have worked their way up on that scale. That's right. And, and what's as an advisor, what's your objective? Where do you want to take that particular client? And it may take some time. For a couple of years, they might be at the lower levels, but over time, more meetings that they have with you. I mean, a lot of advisors say they feel like that one of their main roles is education. So, it, and, and it's also a way you can demonstrate the value of that advice because you, after you've had a client for a few years, you can say, well, look, actually, my notes show me this is where you were when we, when we first met and look, 
here we are now. Type yeah, thing. yeah, they, I, love, I love that demonstration. And so that that also allows their client to be getting the information that's relevant to them, that individual person, at at a level that's just slightly challenging them from the last one, and so that they can continually grow. That's right. That's right. It is, it is very much a, a growth model. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And so, and even when we design our programs, we start off. You know, first year students come in. It's a lot about remembering some of the key concepts. I say if it's accounting, okay, um, you've got your basic debits and credits. But once you've moved from there, they've got to actually understand what that's doing. So what impact is that going to have on the profit and loss statement, for example? Yeah, so there might be some some topics that we all, you know, might talk about, you know, the the um, you know dollar cost averaging or, uh, you, know, uh, the, you know, the length of time that might, somebody might be invested. So these sort of things, you could actually fit them into your different stages of the, and, and, and really just group them, if you like. Yes, yeah, so this is something that, each advisor can create based on their own needs. Yep. So we thought we'd introduce it as a tool. Um, Shane and I do have plans to do a lot more work going forward and perhaps um, had a couple of conversations with people that perhaps could be a PhD for someone in this to, to sort of pull it apart a little bit more. But Well, it's certainly something that we can all benefit from. Everybody in advice can benefit from having that sort of, uh, even just a framework or a structure around that says, you know, if, if you give them this level of education and move them through the through the dial and, and that demonstration of understanding, it's That's an interesting right. one, isn't it? Because the, the when you talk about the code of ethics and the demonstration of understanding, um, it's there's, there's always a how far do you go. Yes. You know, and I guess to the point where you, you could lose people or they can repeat back to you what they're saying. Exactly. The repeating back to you it, it, rather than having it very much of a yes, no, it's much. And, and advisors know this. Yeah. It's, it's having the client explain it back to you in their own words. And that's really yes. a, a good way of. Of knowing their level of understanding, and if, and if you're dealing with a couple, then obviously both mm-hmm. both, both clients, clients understanding. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantastic. And so that would. Uh, so tell me about the presentation. How was it received? How did it go? It's hard to tell. This so it, we were in the main auditorium, very bright lights, so very hard to see individual faces. So I love to be able to see the audience. Well, well, um, if you're doing a presentation so. or demonstration of understanding, it's good to see that they understand. But. That's right. And then we, I didn't think we had any questions. I thought, oh well, we must have explained this really well. But then we did. We had some questions. A fair few actually questions come through at the end. Great questions. And in fact, one of the things that um, we briefly touched on was, in fact, uh, the clients could even use the model with us in terms of, or with advisors, um, in terms of how well do the advisors actually understand, the, um, sorry, how well do the client... Oh, the advisors understand the client, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. How Both. well do the, the yes, advisors it, understand it can the be a two-way model. their values as well? Mm. So this could be very relevant when it comes to... Um, we were talking about ESG investing. There was a question on that as well. But if you understand your client's values... That's obviously going to help you give more target-tailored advice that's in, in the best interest yeah. of the client. So it can work both ways. Maybe um, we could have the, the pyramid up in you know, the meeting rooms and yeah, yeah, no, it is, like that. It is fascinating and, and, um, and, and you know, being able to have that as a resource uh, up your sleeve I think is a really good um, you know, for advisors. Just a quick go-to sort of. Yeah, I yeah, yeah I could use it. Only six steps, and having it in the pyramid, I think. Well, I'm a, a very visual learner, so that's why I like to visualise that pyramid. Yeah, I, I was just thinking the same thing when it comes to staff and training staff and teams to uh, within. So, so many, so many great uses. If if somebody wants to continue that conversation with you and find out more about the pyramid and work work on what that might be, what's the best way for them to reach out or find you? Well, they can reach out through LinkedIn. Yep. 
Uh, they can reach out to Shane as well. Shane's very happy to, so to Michelle assist. Michelle yes. Cull on yes. LinkedIn. Yes, um, it's yes. Dr. Michelle Cull. Dr. Michelle Cull, uh, yes. On LinkedIn. My apologies. I, I, I bet you put a lot of work into, the doc, into oh, that doctorate. Okay. So, yeah. when, I, when I've created the LinkedIn profile, I, I had it as, as doctor, and it's there now, so it's, it's, Fantastic. Um, it's stuck. Yep. Uh, or M. Michelle.cull, C-U-L-L, at westernsydney.edu.au. And I'd be, you know, more than happy to have a chat. I love having a chat. Fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming to the Congress and thank you for sharing your your journey and, and all those things that you do with us here on the podcast. I really appreciate it. No, no problem. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely just sitting here uh, relaxing for a minute, being able to sit down because I had another session I was involved with. So um, it's nice to be able to just talk about it. It certainly is. It's not so noisy in the background just at the moment. So fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much.